You are listening to Crossfade, the dueling album review show about expanding your musical horizons. I'm your host, Matt Helgeson, co-host and producer, Jason Daphnis. Hello. Hello, Matt. Are you ready to talk about the radio? We are going to talk about the hits. We're going to play the hits. Literally play the hits. All the today. hits, baby. Um, that's right. We're doing uh, something different for us. Um, we are doing the uh, Billboard Top 20, which I can't remember what date it was from, but it'll be a little... It won't be current by the time you hear this, but you know you kind of had to pick a day. Uh, they they published the new uh, the new uh, charts on Tuesday, so I just went to Billboard magazine and uh, grabbed the top twenty of the top Billboard Hot 100. Um, also, want to say that we are a proud member of the MinMax. Uh, was it Content Farm family? Uh, <laughs> the con- I don't know what the, it is. The MinMax Gulag. <laughs> yeah, we're in the content mines, <laughs> mining out those nuggets of uh, enjoyment for you. They do a lot of awesome things with video games. If you are curious about that or want to support us and uh, MinMax, you can go to patreon.com slash MinMax, M-I-N-N-M-A-X. We encourage you to do that. Um, all right, so this is my, uh, I don't know if this is my uh, boondoggle here, but I thought it would be kind of funny. We're Like I, like I said, when we came back, I think Jason and I, you know, we're definitely... It's a guest-based show, and we're not going to drop that. But we we did think like, well, let's try to mix it up, you know, experiment with things, see how it goes. Yeah, have and some for fun some with reason it. it hit me up. What's that? Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, had some fun with it. I feel like we had a lot of people asking yeah. for a lot of different kinds of music and things that that format uh, kind of necessarily disallows when we're sort of letting you pick an album and letting the guest pick an album. It's great for conversation, but there's a lot from the community and a lot of like cool ideas we just could not tackle. So. I know we're just repeating what we've already said for four episodes in a row here, but uh, yeah, I think this is yeah. a great example of the kind of stuff that we wouldn't have been able to do um, maybe a year ago with this show. So, Yeah, and so my thought was like, well, what's kind of the, like, in a way, these are like the most known songs or popular songs right now, but it, in a way for like just the way the nature of this podcast has been, it's kind of like the weirdest thing we could do in some ways because, you know, yeah. I don't, like we, we've had a, a wide variety of guests uh you know, just in terms of who they are as people and their musical tastes and all that stuff. But it, certainly no one is really, um, you know, we've had things like the Foo Fighters. They're certainly a popular band. We've had the Beatles. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's not like we've had today's We haven't yet covered a Billie Eilish album is what you're trying to say. We have not. I mean, see, but... Maybe I, soon. Her I could actually see coming up at some point. Right, right. As a pick. You know what I mean? Not, But I think, you know, some of this stuff I, I don't think we'd ever get to. Plus, I just don't, you know... This is another thought I kind of had, and I was sort of thinking about this when I was doing the show, is um, uh, it's so much different now than um, when I was a kid. I'm assuming even, you know, when you were a kid, um, it's very easy to not know pop music now or or what's going on. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, like when I was a kid, it was like, you know, you knew about Nirvana or you knew about Michael Jackson or you knew about Prince or, you know, whoever you want to name. and. now it's like with with streaming, people, you, you get on your own little rabbit hole and then, you know, that autoplay kind of like after the last song on an album just keeps playing stuff they think's related to what you're listening to. Yeah, it, yeah. It's very easy to like, I, I didn't, I knew maybe like a couple of these songs. Um, yeah. It's, it's just interesting how you couldn't, it was so inescapable at a certain point. I don't know if it's maybe not as different to you when you were a kid, but it certainly was to me. Absolutely the same. I didn't grow up listening to a whole lot of the radio. Probably the most that I listened to was my dad um, because he was trying to get into country music as a naturalized American citizen. Um, so he was listening to a lot of country radio back when he we was lived. trying. He, wow. Well, he, he really gave it his all. Like we listened to highway man <laughs> probably a thousand times on cassette in his oh, car. It was, and that's, that's a good album. That, that is a banger. I love that song to this day. But anyway, um, yeah, like present day, I, I actually found it funny that, um, 
for this podcast, for this episode, I think this was the first time I wanted to hear, if, you know, see if I could hear any of these songs on the radio. And I did. Um, it's the first time I've actually listened to the radio, like FM radio for many years, probably since, I don't know, 2012, 13, whenever I was driving like a shitty car that didn't have a CD player to and from college. Um, it was absolute like, this was a wild experience to go back to this. I, uh, it has sort of an inverse relationship to the whole streaming thing for me where like, I was surprised that some of these songs could even be on the billboard top 200, but, um, but it's like, because they, I guess they, and this makes me sound older than I am, but I guess they do count streams like more than 30 seconds and stream counts yeah, count as they, like um, a play, right? Yeah. They, they adjusted the billboard charts and it's, um, it's definitely changed the character of the charts a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, because, uh, Streaming just it's self directed as opposed to it used to be more heavily obviously weighted on uh, radio play uh, and individual single sales. Right. Um, but you know you, you, the thing that I noticed the most is that I mean there are certainly times in, in you know in certain eras like when Elvis was really big or the Beatles were really big there would be like you know five Elvis songs or Beatles songs in the top mm-hmm. forty or something but that really wasn't the the norm you know. Um, it, it was more like, well, here's your single. This is what promoting. So the radio is going to play the single, right? Mm-hmm. Now people can kind of just push stuff up by listening habits. So you, you know, even on this, I think there's like, is there like two Ed Sheeran songs? There are two Ed Sheeran songs on this podcast. You know, yeah. yeah. I just, I know his A stuff sticks around for a lot longer and mm. you can also get like multiple songs, um, on a really popular album that maybe dropped that week or the week before. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's, it's interesting. You know, technology, I guess always changes. Definitely. Um, how things work and our relationship to music. Um, but I found it that, that aspect of it interesting to think about as well. Mm-hmm. Well, we should get going. Um, let's, uh, let's dip in coming. This is uh we're going to go. Oh, geez, what did I do? Mm-hmm. Sorry. Sorry, <laughs> everybody. Um, <laughs> all right. This is the weekend. Um, yeah, he's, he's really popular. I was familiar. I know like star boy and, um, can't feel my face. And he did that kind of like really surreal Super Bowl halftime show like two years ago. Hmm, I must have um, missed so I was that. moderately familiar with the weekend. Um, but yeah, let's, let's hear a little Save Your Tears. So I don't, what'd you think of this? I, I, I enjoyed this one, Jason. Yeah, no, I like, it's, it's easy to tell its influences. Clearly it's like very eighties ballad E, um, even in its production. Uh, I've always had like, I don't know about a soft spot for the weekend, but whenever he comes up, I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll listen to that. Uh, just because I, I don't know, I guess he has sort of still a little bit of like edge of mainstream appeal. In addition to, uh, being like very radio friendly hits The like main hooks of this song hit before 60 seconds in. And that's like a really a defining characteristic of radio and billboard hits to me is like, how quickly do you get to the very catchy parts? Um, no, but this song in particular, uh, I did not know because I haven't listened to this record or his most recent one. 
uh, which I don't think this is, right? This is from an old, like, second most recent of his, maybe? Yeah, I think so. That's another weird thing about the charts is, like, stuff will start to bubble up, you know, not necessarily off the current album, which is odd. Yeah, but, um, yeah, yeah. this is, like, this kind of 80s synth-pop thing just never seems to get old for yeah. people. Um, and uh, also, you know, in a weird way, <laughs> parts of it remind me a little bit of that Future Island song from a couple years ago. Do you remember that one? Like seasons uh, waiting on you. Or oh yeah, yeah, yeah. My roommate fucking Uh-oh. loves that song. Yeah, that. Uh, yeah, you know, does. I just say that, that kind of throbbing. For sure, the easy eighth notes and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The classic like New Order kind of bass lines. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, this one was good. I, I I like him, and the other thing that I I guess I understand more now, I, I think about his appeal, is that in comparison to a lot of the other stuff we're gonna hear. I understand why he sticks out in like in the context of like pop and R and B radio right now. You know, he definitely has his own feel. I think that was distinct from mm-hmm. the other stuff we that are we're going to listen to. You know what I mean? No, I'm glad you about that because I think that is what like when I hear a song like this from the weekend, I think, oh, he wrote this to be specifically what it is like a very referential '80s radio friendly hit. Not that like this is the main of his output. I don't think this is what all like most of his music sounds like generally am i wrong about that no no this is definitely i mean at least from what i've heard i shouldn't speak to all of it but mm. yeah i mean but he does have that kind of glossy kind of 80s vibe to yeah, him yeah. a little bit you know very like you know cocaine disco miami vice kind of thing. yeah yeah um it works it works yeah, this is a good one this is a good one this um, was um number 20 right this is number 20 we're going in reverse order next up is um chicago's own lil dirk aha uh-huh. um a uh, you know he came out of the Chicago drill thing about ten years ago with Chief Keef and was it Lil Bibby and all those guys that was Chicago drill kind of the, yeah it was called Chicago drill now there's UK drill too and New York drill but hmm. it was just this really a kind of like create I mean it had some of the elements of this this is a little smoothed over from the earlier stuff mm-hmm. but um it was kind of had these very like you know kind of ominous beats and and it, they were mixed like mastered super loud so the bass was kind of like hitting the red and then you know they did these videos it was all very like gang related to chicago like a lot of that like really bad gang violence in chicago mm-hmm. too um a lot you know some like like those artists are all dead now hmm. um but yeah it was just really like kind of this ominous really primitive kind of like thing and they would you know, just have these videos of, like a million dudes with like automatic weapons painted to the screen <laughs> and wow. so it was really like i remember seeing i was like wow this stuff is like wild um but this is you know dirk has done very well for himself and this is you know there's a lot of elements of that that stuff that I remember, um, but you know, this is definitely more smoothed out and, and you know, well, kind of put together. I think. Okay, uh, here in, is, in good and bad ways, you know. Yeah, yeah. Here is uh, number nineteen, "Aha" by Lil Durk. Hey, this shit like videos. You hear me? Everything I'm saying this motherfuckers all props. This shit is not real. Just in case the police listen, I'm gonna speed me. Slap, slap. Man, don't respond to shit. We fun. I'm like fuck it. You trippin', get it, go get it, get your gun. gun. They droppin' locations, I'm getting it done. Go tweetin', yeah. we slidin', yeah. the feds yeah. come. Man, he fuckin' his bitches. But like those really tuned, like, bass drums, like, boom, boom, boom. Yeah, yeah. Da-doom, doom, kind of thing. I could hear this rattling the shit out of the nearest car yeah. outside my house, you know? No matter how good your sound system is. We been slammed through they blocks and they don't know we have. But he has got shot and we ain't claimed, but I can't. The other thing they did a lot, like, what he's doing now is he... They, they came out and they had a sort of a different relationship to the beat than a lot of rappers. Like they they were hmm. they'd kind of rush and then pull back and they weren't necessarily like on beat to to 
which is more hmm. common now, but I remember at the time it felt really different to me. Um, yeah. And it, it certainly wasn't like in my wheelhouse, but... It reminds me of um, R&B drums, uh, how like, and I'm sure that it's more recently in the last like 20 years, but in a whole lot of hits from the last 20 years, you'll hear like that intentional dragging, that sort of like offbeat jangly thing to a whole lot of um, like songs with, with a particular and rhythmic flow. Uh, so when you describe this music or this flow as being like that they rush and then drag and then rush and then drag and they're like not keeping consistent with it, that's a very intentional stylistic thing, right? It's to yeah. get that off kilter feel. This is, um, is this a diss track? I think I read that this is a diss track. Oh, is it about like NBA young boy or something? Like I don't remember. I think so. Yes, because I remember never broke again <laughs> I, is what that meant. Yeah, I don't, I don't, um, I don't follow this stuff that closely, but I also follow <laughs> it way too closely for a man of my age. That was going to be um, my question: but... <laughs> was was how closely do you follow rap beef today? Like, I know you've got your legacies, uh, your, your like elder yeah, statesman stuff, beef, but yeah. um, I mean, I, I, I always check stuff out, you know, like new rap artists, I, you know. I, but I'm, I'm I try not to be like a really grumpy, like old head kind of like <laughs> everything should be like MF Doom or something, yeah. You know? yeah. But um, which it should, but um. <laughs> I don't know. It's just it's okay that you know, like it's not for me. But I was like I, I I do like to at least check out stuff that's going on that's that's really causing a buzz or something like that. Just to I don't know, just to follow it and it's interesting. Some it's not necessarily think something. Um, this I would listen to. You know, this is just pretty hardcore like street stuff. Yeah, yeah. But, um, no, I've I've always it's not, like it's not always for me. But you know, I like mm-hmm. to just appreciate it. The way that I put that down is like wrestling has never been my thing, but I definitely realize that there's like, there are heels, there are legacies, there are uh, dynasties, there are rivalries and stuff. And I, I know that like the people who rap are generally like largely real people in real conflicts with other real people. But like from the outsider, from the, from the, pers- from the um, audience's perspective, from the spectator perspective, uh, I just think like th- these people are, it's a performance almost, you know? And I know that that's not really what it is in large part because yeah. like people are actually like singing about being and and well, being I mean, shot and doing shooting right yeah that's the sad thing i mean you know you really this whole generation of rap i mean you could argue that they've already lost like basically a whole generation you know right um triple x uh pop smoke uh god i mean you just go on and nipsey on. um yeah nipsey he was kind of a little bit older but um mm. yeah it's just crazy it's just crazy like there's so much it's, it's really like depressing when you think about it a little bit a little bit well yeah, if you want dark, to you know you want to dark music and boost our we, mood. Can, we can go in a, a more happy direction with the next song here <laughs> maybe um this one was weird because i didn't i just kind of put this playlist together before i listened to anything so i didn't under i didn't but i quickly heard like oh is this a musical or something mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. um this one this is a uh encanto soundtrack uh surface pressure it's coming in at number 18 I'm the strong one. I'm not nervous. I'm as tough as the crust of the earth is. I move mountains. I move churches. And I glow because I know what my worth is. I don't ask how hard the work... I mean, my first thought is, again, this isn't my uh, forte, but... Mm. Like, Hamilton's going to loom very large over musicals for, like, a long time, right? I mean... Well, I mean, did you... (laughs) Do you know who wrote this song? Is that him? That's him. Lin-Manuel Miranda oh, okay. wrote, wrote well, the original of this then. score. Yeah. 
Oh, okay. I was like, because I was thinking, wow, this feels derivative. <laughs> like <laughs> Hamilton, but okay. All right, I got gotcha. you. So it's uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda did these? Mercy, Mr. Lin-Manuel Miranda. He also did the other, uh, no spoilers, but the other Encanto song that's on this playlist. Um, yeah, he uh, he was credited with songwriting and producing this track, actually. Okay. And this has become a phenomenon, this soundtrack in its own right. So Hasn't it? Um, I, is your daughter too old to have like fallen in with this? Have you heard this music before? Uh, you know, she's, she's seen the movie. She liked it. Um, didn't obsess over the soundtrack for, for, like some, nah, for, for this one. No, I don't know why. Hmm. Um, I mean, she liked the movie, but she just, maybe she's getting on the edge of it too, you know, yeah. too old, but, um, but she likes it. I mean, we, we usually watch the Pixar movies, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but this wasn't one of the ones that she like really requested to watch like over and over, like some of them. Yeah. Um, it, I think uh, she liked Moana better than this. I was going to say, I, I feel um, like this movie has gotten a whole... I still haven't seen it, but um, it's it's an interesting like case study for what we've been talking about with with streaming impacting the billboard charts, because not to downplay this song or its popularity or its quality or whatever, but like how many of those streams were because your kids wanted to hear it again? You know? Well, yeah, <laughs> a lot of them probably. I mean, it's got like 300 million <laughs> streams or something. How yeah. like maybe half of those yeah. are because your kids just wanted to rerun it. Not that you yeah. didn't like it too. I'm not, again, I'm not going to no, get that like five, taste. six, seven zone. Like they, they just, their attention span, they have such a, they can just watch the same things over and over and over. Yeah. And yeah. The same things over. And um, I miss the days when I would just watch the same thing over and over and not get tired of it. Holy hell. Yeah. Um, so this is cool. You know, the other thing that struck me too, and maybe it was just because of the Super Bowl halftime show, but, um, like Lin-Manuel, he must be like the biggest fan of the song, Lose Yourself by Eminem. <laughs> I hear that song over his stuff. Like seriously. Like, Are you trying kind of, to get his ass that hard? <laughs> no. I mean, what? What's, what, what's wrong with that? I, I like, don't know. I mean, there's, there's, just... been, there's been a lot of, um, discourse about his sort of corniness and like, maybe ineffectual liberalism on on the Broadway stage. So having him compared to like, oh, oh his favorite song must by, be by one of the most popular white rappers of all wow. time. So people are like, Twitter, oh my God. God forbid <laughs> uh, corniness and like mainstream liberalism would infiltrate Broadway. <laughs> my God. That's unprecedented. Like Rent was like 25 years ago or whatever. We I are mean, clutching our pearls here. I swear to God, Twitter just needs stuff to be upset. Like who, <laughs> Who gives a shit, honestly. Anyway, so that was like, the surface. Like, this Broadway's corny. That's that's amazing. Like, he's too, too corny for Broadway. That's like that's a that's a harsh toe. Too corny to live. Um, <laughs> it is. Um, all right, that one. I mean, I like that song, but I, again, like this is when we did the the um, the the Hamilton soundtrack mm-hmm. um, special edition podcast, and you know, I just I was determined. Like, I'm not going to watch it. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna experience the music and. I like the songs or parts of them, parts of them I didn't, but it was also like, then finally it came on Disney plus and I watched it with my daughter and it was like, okay, now I understand the song. Oh, okay. A lot of the stuff, like she's talking about her sister and I don't know what's going on with that or, yeah, yeah. you know, so I always feel like the songs to me, you kind of have to be invested in the, in the movie or the, the musical to, to really appreciate them. But yeah, yeah. I don't know how um it's going to pan out for listeners, but like the comparison I was trying to make there was like this song and I guess the other one from Encanto on this playlist, um, in comparison to the other hits that we are going to hear tonight are uh, like, like the other ones are mixed very much for like the loudness war. Just you hear drums and you hear voice yeah. for the most part. Everything else is kind of middle mix. Um, and in this case, it's like, oh, so this is mixed for a completely different 
like reason, right? It was mixed one for a movie and two for a musical movie. Yeah. So it just has a sort of a distinctive production flair about it. Um, again, yeah, it I, sounded good. I, I don't know that it's my favorite Disney song ever or anything, but you know, if you're deciding your new favorite Disney song when you're 30 years old, you've probably weren't watching the right Disney movies <laughs> as a kid anyway. You're going to become one of those adult Disney people. Oh my God, watch out. Matt, I, let's make a death pact right now. If, if I start buying like Mickey Mouse shit, please just run over me. <laughs> if you spend like a week at a $500 a night Disney resort. In Orlando, if there's photo evidence, know that I'm being coerced, not just persuaded. I'm being coerced. Today, you're like today's newspaper in your hands. You know. <laughs> you know. All right. Uh, All right. That, um, let's, that okay, was number that 18. Yeah. 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 This is <laughs> the next one. Uh, this is a fun one. This is Lotto Big Energy, Big Something Energy. <laughs> I'll let you guess what. Um, but this one is funny because it's like, I, I really can't not like this song because um, it's complete. It's not I, to, to even say it's sampling, it's like it kind of just is the song mm-hmm. with rap over it. Um, it's uh, Tom Tom Club, Tina Weymouth from the. Uh, uh, Talking Heads had a early '80s side project called Tom Tom Club. This is a song, Genius of Love. It's kind of been it's it's always been a popular sample or, or elements of that in hip hop. It was also kind of the basis for Fantasy by Mariah Carey in the '90s. Mm-hmm. Um, but so anyway, this is this is Lotto, and you know, it's this beat to me is just like I don't know. I don't think you can not have fun with with the the Genius of Love beat. Yeah, it's yeah. Just, it's like a, you know, I don't know. It's like a I don't know. It reminds me of like a sprite or something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's like how like so effervescent. Bubbling. Yeah, effervescent. Yeah. So um, let's play this one. And I, this one I, I really enjoyed. I, I like Lotto. I'm not super familiar with her. Okay. Um, All right. Uh, it's number seventeen. We'll play a little bit of Genius of Love after this, just so you can get the context in case any of you uh, cats out there haven't heard that yet. But this is uh, Lotto's Big Energy. I can tell you got big D energy. It ain't too many niggas that can handle me. But I might let you try it out the Hennessy. Make them sing to this pussy like a melody. And if your bitch ain't right, I got the remedy. It ain't too many niggas that can handle me. Bad bitch, I could be a fantasy. Tell me how you want it. Three, two, one, and I'm on it. Feel good, don't it? Hood bitch, fuck you in a bunny. I'ma bust it on the pole like honey. One thing that I, I was kind of thinking about, um, with this song, uh, there's also a Doja Cat song later on, but um, and also uh, you know, Megan Thee Stallion, Cardi B, mm-hmm. you know, Lizzo, Two Degree. I just I do like that a lot of uh, women rappers are kind of they're just they have a little more fun to it. Where so much of like rap now is like super dark and super kind of narcotic kind of yeah. <laughs> vibes and and sort of this weird like sullen kind of threatening kind of depression thing and and i just like the kind of just like scrappiness of this song and her, and, how, and how she she raps like it even reminds me of stuff as far back as like roxanne Chante or salt and pepper a little bit you know it's just like mm-hmm. i don't just have a sense of fun with this song which i, I sometimes find um missing from hip-hop today yeah yeah there's it's it feels like there's a little bit more ownership now over like the creative output of women artists in the rap and r&b space um not that like they didn't have freedom before not that they're like there's um you know that it's an incredibly misogynistic industry though it is uh like but like there was an expectation that like oh women are on the scene rapping doing the same thing as men gotta be as aggro gotta do a lot of that same bit i guess um and like you say like there's a certain liberation to this music there's like 
it's it's not doesn't sound goofy that it's this very poppy beat underneath of it because it just like her flow is is it matches on top right yeah and she's really on the beat too she's like on mm-hmm. top of it um yeah In the pocket super fun yeah, yeah she's she's I, I like her um She's got a lot of um, charisma, you know what I mean, which I, I think sometimes can be lacking, today, yeah, yeah. in my opinion. All right. Uh, I will play a little bit of Genius of Love now. You've heard it for two and a half minutes, but just for the context. This record is awesome, too, by the way. If yeah, wants yeah. To listen to a fun record. I listened to it for the first the time through. a couple years ago. It uh, It is a joy. Her bass on this song is so clean. And so, like, character, that woo that she does. Mm. Yeah. No, it's great. I love this record so much. Rock on. Okay, that's Genius of Love, and that was number 17, Big Energy by Lotto. Next up, we have um, a guy that I thought was going to be a one-hit wonder and has turned out not to be, Lil Nas X. Um, Came on the scene with Old Town Road, famously, but, uh, you know, it's kind of interesting. He's really sort of evolved himself into, like, a a really one of the biggest popular artists right now. And, you know, mm-hmm. kind of expanded his whole thing. I it just had such a vibe of a classic one hit wonder to me when old town road came out. But, yeah. Um, he's obviously still big. Um, this is industry baby, uh, featuring also Jack Harlow, uh, kind of fratty white boy kind of rapper. Um, so yeah, th- let's just check it out. I like these really fake sounding trumpets kind of in a weird way. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> they sound like when I was a kid farting around with my first MIDI keyboard. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. The Casio trumpets kind of. <laughs> <laughs> it's charming. I mean, he's, I forget how old he is, but I think he's riding the line between Gen Z and Millennial, so I wouldn't be surprised if he did toy around with that kind of hardware as a kid. Um, oh, is he more like in his late 20s or something? I don't, I know that he's not a teenager anymore. Um, oh, okay. Wow. I'm pretty sure anyway. Maybe I shouldn't talk out the side of my mouth, but uh, like, he's got like, I'm glad that he's got staying power. I'm glad that he like managed to put out an album and actually like get significant radio play on it. Again, he's one of a few artists that I think there are, yeah, there are two songs by him on this playlist, I believe, right? Yeah, I mean, I found him, like, he's a really charming, like, pop culture figure i think mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i'm kind of th- i think he's a good like celebrity you know <laughs> you know in, in it i don't mean that as a slight either i think he's really like he's a cool guy like i, I appreciate that he's out there um yeah, yeah i haven't been like super blown away by his music i like this like that that horn line i really like you know jack harlow kind of just his existence offends me for some reason <laughs> okay um, let's let's get into it who is jack harlow uh, he's just i don't like the look of his face <laughs> um mostly it just he's got this kind of like curlyish hair and this kind of like little wispy like you know apartment dealer drug dealer like mustache <laughs> kind of thing and i just he just seems like a little rich kid like rapper or something i don't know anything about him but I yeah just, I, I don't i kind of don't he like looks this, he looks like, like an unsuccessful rapper that the guy from high maintenance would be delivering way too much weed to yeah <laughs> yeah but he's huge he's huge now so i guess, I guess so you know, what do i know but um i don't know my track record so clean they couldn't wait to just bash me I mean, he can rap. I can't say he can't rap. It's sure, just, sure. I, I don't. Something about his persona. There's a certain je ne sais quoi, but 
but the bad yeah. kind. City talking, we taking notes. Tell him all to keep making posts. Wish he could, but he can't get close. OG so proud of me that he choking up while he making. All right, I'm good on this one. <laughs> I, uh, I just I mean, like I, I like that. I mean, that that hook is a good hook. That, it is a good, it is a good hook. Um, and I like how like despite being full of that stuff, it's kind of like minimally produced in a way. Like there's not uh, a oh, whole yeah. lot more on top. Like there's the there's the snare. Excuse me. There's the snare. The the kick. The um the hi hat like triplets and the horns and the voices and like that's kind of it. There's not a whole lot of atmospheric sound or anything. I kind of like how empty that that track feels at times. Um, yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, I, yeah, it's well produced. This next one is also very well produced, and Ooh. this is one of my favorite ones. I think, uh, for me at least, uh, somebody I'm not actually super familiar with, other than that she's like hugely popular. Oh, really? Um, Dua Lipa and uh, Levitating. Here it goes. I love the bass, but kind of disco oh, bro, bass you, playing on this is you, so good. You gotta listen to the album this is off of, Future Nostalgia. Man, it's it's like it's probably gonna become one of those classic seminal pop records because it is very oh, yeah. funky. I mean, it's I very dancey. I'll, ch- I'll check it out. Yeah, this I, uh, is interesting because this is one of the few. There's another one on here, but this is a few ones where I was like, you know, this could have been like. A, I mean, the production would be different. You know, there'd be a lot of superficial kind of production things. Mm-hmm. But like, this could have been a hit in the '70s or the '80s. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, yes. Like, the, the 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 bass like structure, which we also have another little controversy about that mm-hmm. after this. But, um, but this is one of the songs. That it's just like you hear it, and like, yeah, this is a hit. This is gonna be a hit. You yeah. Know what I mean, like, no, there's it's... just not. You can't argue with that. Like, oh, it's know, so. This good. is gonna be like bumper music on like, you know reality shows like when they go out partying oh man ever you know this is gonna get so much karaoke play i i fucking yes. love this song i actually just last week went to chicago for one of dua lipa's concerts and it was just this whole production it's been a while since i was at a show that big but man she is a consummate performer too like she sounds incredible everything looks incredible during this song she gets up in like a little ufo cage thing and floats oh. a, like above the audience man <laughs> nuts that's show. awesome yeah, I love that. I mean, if you're doing an arena show, you should have all that kind of stuff. Absolutely, um, yeah. But yeah, the bass player in this is so good. That kind of funk, yeah. bass line. There's a whole so lot of good. there's uh, there's oh, okay. the song, there's a lot of it across the whole album. But um, don't start now is a song like one of the lead singles from the album back in this released in 2020. By the way, like this song is still riding the airwaves. But wow. um, and the bass in that song, "Don't Start Now," is just like listen to it close. It is so moving. It. It's it's a it's an experience. Just the bass in that song. Yeah, this was this was one of I think the standouts for me. Uh, one of the ones I wasn't, other than I I vaguely knew of her, but this one was uh, definitely one of the ones I was happy to be exposed yeah. to. Did you? Um, However, yeah, there is a controversy. Dun, dun, dun. Ba, 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 a band ba. called was it Article Article Artifact Sound, Sound System? System I think yeah. So this there's a band from Florida, it's kind of vaguely hippie-ish reggae band, and they're suing her for plagiarism. And uh, I can't, remember, I, I Jason has a link to the song. We're gonna play it, but I I love I love um I love when these things come up like plagiarism stuff in popular music, um because I find it really interesting because uh there's just such a fine line, right? There, there's mm-hmm. just you know pop music and rock and and hip hop to extents like there's so many tropes and so many kind of like stock chord changes and like little stock rhythmic things that are, they've been recycled since, you know, 
the 1950s, you know, yeah, in yeah. certain ways. And, and, and it's not like pop music in general or rock music in general is like really like reinventing the wheel in terms of like, you know, chord progressions or yeah. theory or so everyone's kind of using things that have been used by other people. It's just like, what's the line to where there's too many similarities and is it also possible that two people could arrive at the same thing independent of each other mm-hmm. and not even be aware of the other one? So let's play this article sound system or they're called. And, yeah, um, this is uh, this article is kinda... sound system with uh, it's called live your life. So that I definitely hear. Right. The chord progression, pretty much the same. But again, is this like the most original chord no, progression. No, it's you know, like it was, vaguely funk, vaguely samba, you know. See, this is where I kind of, I feel mm-hmm. a little bit that the way they phrase the vocals is exactly the same. And it, and the bass line is kind of walking around like that. The guitar is doing kind of the same thing. Yeah, it is it is very similar. Even as a fan of Dua Lipa, I will say it is very similar. I saw some, and they might have been unfounded, conspiracy theories that said like, oh, this song was only uploaded to YouTube right after the lawsuit was announced. And it was only like, the, when people upload to SoundCloud, it comes with the old comments, but this version doesn't have comments. Though It says it was there since 2017. It's like weird. all sorts of like, you could go down a rabbit hole on it. But yeah, I... <laughs> By the way, I'm sorry. I'm just starting to laugh because, like, I know this type of band, like, like these kind of vaguely like hippie, vaguely reggae, vaguely like funky yeah. th- bands that play like B level camping festivals in like Colorado and shit. Like, it's just <laughs> such like you know hippie fast bands. Yeah. So that's um, article I mean, sound like, system. This is interesting because I, I usually I'm like, well, you know, eh, I don't really totally sure. see it, and like, there's a lot of different ways to you know, kind of recycle certain cliches. I will say some of the vocal phrasing and that chord phrasing, I, I guess if this song was indeed recorded before Dua Lipa, as you say, that might be under, mm. um, under examination as well. I, I guess I understand at least this one I hear and I like, you know what? I get why they're kind of salty about this. Um, because I think there are enough similarities, but that mm-hmm. said, you know, if she was just wanting to make sort of a stock like seventies disco song, which is basically what she did with like modern production. Right. You know, that kind of like, you know, that's very, there's a lot of bands probably have similar chord changes to that or phrases yeah, to that. Yeah. So. Yeah. There's also, she's actually facing two lawsuits for that song. One from article sound system and one from, um, Oh gee, I'm on NBC.com trying to get to it. And there's a paywall. Uh, it is the song, uh, L. Russell Brown, or sorry, the song Wiggle and Giggle All Night from 1979, a, a disco track by L. Russell Brown and Sandy Linzer, uh, that, and I listened to it earlier today. It really is just the da 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 just that, like, rhythm of the vocals. Everything else sounds completely different. That was a disco thing. I mean, what was it? That song title's amazing. Wiggle and Giggle All Night. Wiggle and Giggle All Night. That's, they don't, they don't write them like that. They anymore. don't make that's, them like that's that That's a good anymore. song title. I love that. Oh, um, boy. The other, the, the other thing, though, I will say with Article Sound System is that I understand their case, but the fact that they're bringing this up and that we're listening, I'm sure we're not the only ones listening to these songs like back to back is like, it also perfectly illustrates the difference between writing a song and writing a hit. Yeah. Even with all the similarities there, the Dua Lipa song is so much better arranged. It sounds so much better. Mm-hmm. It's just got a better use of space. It's not muddy. She's got a, a great voice and it's everything's very like clear and 
clean in the mix and it's just a well-organized put together song whereas theirs has this kind of sloppy kind of like like i said the kind of mid-level hippie festival band kind Mm -hmm, of thing mm -hmm. kind of like garage band feel yeah not even garage band (laughs) these guys are too good to be oh i mean the program garage band (laughs) oh yeah 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 yeah. okay yeah 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 for sure um but you know what i mean it's funny because you can you can basically have the same raw materials yeah yeah and one is like just a song like i already i already forgot that article sound system song, like we just listened to it 30 and I've already, I think I, I don't know if I could pull it to my mind like a minute later. Yeah. And that Dua Lipa song, I, I can totally play in my head, you know, after hearing it like, you know, just a few times. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's kind of an interesting thing, like that magic, like what is it that makes a pop hit, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and whatever article sound system, like, you know, to, did not have whatever that is. Yeah. Um, one last bit of controversy around this track. Originally, it charted with a baby verse, I believe. Like, it was a quote-unquote his remix. And then oh, he made some insensitive yeah. comments about people with yeah. HIV and AIDS on stage. And they were like, hey, let's pull him off this track. And literally, Billboard, Apple, most major streaming services, if not all of them, literally just pulled his version out, swapped it for the original album version. And they're like, hey, it's still the same. Like, it's ranking the same. It, it, is, it stays mm-hmm. on the Billboard Top 200 as the same song in the same spot, just not with him, which weirdly good move on, on like the institution's part. Yeah. Well, it's a little weird to me. I don't know. Sometimes like the ephemeral quality of like digital entertainment now is like, mm. things scary. Can just disappear. I mean, like the baby's an asshole, um, yeah. but you know, and, and his stuff was like more than just offensive. It was pretty, yes, uh, pretty hateful. Um, and to be honest, too, like I listening to that song, I had not heard obviously the original version. I, there was no point in that song where I was wishing there was like a, a modern rap person there at all. Yeah, yeah. Like, to me, like to me, I like it that it, it feels more like a, a true disco kind of thing. And I, I don't know if I don't. To me, it wouldn't be better, not with just his guest rap, but just anybody's. You know, mm-hmm. it would have kind of taken me out of that groove. Exactly. Um, anyway, but, so that's that's probably yeah, enough about the one song. We got another uh, fourteen of them to go. Yeah, we got to roll here. Okay, next song. Um, and this one I, I was kind of talking earlier on this kind of like really kind of almost spooky narcotic sullen kind of quality of like a lot of modern hip-hop mm. and, and and well and said i'd say this song features future who is really like one of the true architects of that um this is pushing p this has been a huge thing catchphrase uh by gunna and future um so yeah this one is is definitely i yeah future i have mixed feelings about but he you know he's definitely probably i would say the most influential and influential rapper of the past decade oh okay one um so let's listen listen to this. This is very, you know, kind of in his wheelhouse. And Gunna is kind of, I think, in his, you know, lineage or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Push and P featuring Young Thug. Push P. This beat, I love this beat. Yeah. It's, What's the- it's almost got a John Carpenter kind of vibe to it. Okay. Okay. You mean the director slash composer? John Carpenter? Yeah. I hear it. But only because like you pointed high, out. Not the, not the beat, but that high little twinkly. The tinkly, like twinkly, yeah. Tinkly. It's kind of um, Assault on Precinct or 13. Like, yeah. Matt, you said uh, common phrase. Is push and pee, push and penis? What? No, it's... <laughs> I think I don't it's just know. kind of like like flexing, kind of. I, I tried to look it up. There's a lot of different definitions, but... Um, by the way, if you tried one of the dumbest lyrics, it's like something like, but for me, she's a pesbian. <laughs> like, God, dude. Oh, what? I think he just, 
a pesbian, like a lesbian that starts with P. Or <laughs> I don't know. That's like the that dumbest lyric I've heard in a while. Um, but, uh. Papa P, a paranoid. I can't sleep with pockets deep. Got rest on me. Why they watching me? I'm pushing P. I'm pushing P. Pushing P. I'm pushing P. Yeah, this kind of weird, you know, like, trap thing where it's it's all very, like, kind of semi-auto-tuned, but not super auto-tuned. And, yeah, like, like there's, there's not enough sp- auto, like, there's not enough um, tone to the voice to, like, really auto-tune. They're kind of hushing and, and like, huh, huh, huh. This, I mean, my, all of my criticisms of rap are going to come off as the most really fallacious, brazen things, because I just don't know the genre very well, but... uh yeah, this does sound... That's why I'm asking, like, what about that beat really sticks out to you? Because to me, it, it sounds similar to other beats. Is there, like, a production thing that uh, um, makes I mean, this one... It's not... There's certainly beats like this. I mean, it's, and it's not... I just... For some reason, it just... It, I don't know. I don't... Beats are weird to me. Like, they just either kind of hit me or they don't, you know? They work or they um, don't, yeah. And I like, I like the... You know... Yeah, I just love that high synth thing. It's yeah. cool. Um, but... In and, and out like features, a flash. You know, features kind of, you know, just he. As far as I know, there's probably others, but he was the first one that kind of came out with that weird kind of mumbly, like uh, trap thing. Hmm. And, uh, was sort of that kind of haunted, like drugged out, paranoid kind of thing. And like they're kind of bragging, but they don't sound like super like happy you know, about <laughs> it. Like it's kind of grim, <laughs> grim vibe to it. Even in, in like, the club songs, they're so. reminiscing on their path in life to this point. I've achieved yeah, so much, well, and now future, there's nothing left to achieve. Yeah. <laughs> Future is very problematic. Uh, put it that way. Um, I but, bet uh, we're gonna have a couple the, more of those. I, I like we're that done. song. It was good. I mean, I see why it's a hit. Um, yeah. So this next one is uh, "Enemy" um, from s- a soundtrack or something. Um, ah, yes, I, it is from a soundtrack to a Netflix series based on the video game League of Legends. I believe I have not played <laughs> nor seen. But oh my god! Yeah, that's got to be a piece of shit. <laughs> Is, is it? Have I you like seen it? it. I like it. No, I, I haven't seen it. I, I don't know the game. I don't really know the property, but I find it very funny that you're so confident already. I mean, come <laughs> on, man. League of Legends. Like, oh, God. Give me a break. All right. This is, uh, uh, all right, this is Imagine Dragons. Another band that I, I think I know a song by them, but I don't know what that song is. But I get them and the Chainsmokers confused because they seem to inhabit the same sort of space. <laughs> Have you ever seen them in a picture together? No, I don't know. Like. <laughs> Uh, this is Enemy with J.I.D. Performing artist by Imagine Dragons. I wake up to the sounds of the silence that allows for my mind to run around with my ear up to the ground. I'm searching. I will say, Matt, I, I was when this one came across the feed, and I was certain we were going to be covering it. I thought. I don't know if I could pick an artist Matt wants to talk about less. <laughs> yeah. Like, that would piss you off uh, more than these guys. <laughs> I don't know if it even pisses me off, to be honest. It's just kind just of weird to me. Um, yeah. I, I just don't. And it just feels like. I mean, I, I knowing that it's from a soundtrack kind of makes more sense to me mm. in a way. It has a very kind of soundtrack vibe. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what people get out of this, but they're, they're huge, right? They're a big band. I mean, they have um, been for 10 years, something like that, probably more. I mean, I remember listening to them or hearing them anyway in like high school. Oh, so they've been around for a while. They've been around a while. I'm uh, ready. Did they have that song radioactive? I think. Anyway, mm, anyway, um, 
this to so me. These guys were kind of like these guys basically did the um, uh, Maroon Five thing, right? Like they started By, out as sort of like a rock band and became sort of like a pop thing. Yeah, yeah, I, I would say that's that's fair. Um, they've this is clearly like stomp clap with a boom bap side you know like it's not rock in the traditional sense but it would yeah. but it gets played as rock you know yeah yeah and the chain smokers are kind of in that zone too right i think so but i swear to god i don't know any other songs i could not name one Isn't the, is chain smokers is that all like all my friends are savage take it slow or whatever that's their song i think you're a bigger fan than i am oh. already by the way, JID's rules. He's a good rapper. Whenever you let me know, the road is long, so put the pedal into the flow. The energy on my trail, my energy unavailable. I'ma tell him I still away go. Hey, when I fly on my drive to the top, I've been out of shape. He's signed to um, TDE Entertainment, which is a uh, uh, Kendrick Lamar. Oh, that's that's his label. Cool. And it, I mean, you can definitely hear the Kendrick Lamar in him. I think he's distinct in some ways, but mm-hmm. but I really like JID. His he's had a couple of really good records. Maybe it was just because I listened to this song along with a few other, uh, with a few Lin Manuel Miranda songs on this playlist. But this sounds like Lin Manuel Miranda could have could have written it. It, yeah, you know, it's yeah. it's hard for me to say like it's bad just because that perspective of like oh it's corny, it's cheesy. Well, it's like mainstream radio rock pop written for a video game TV show. Of course, it's going to be a little bit corny to <laughs> yeah, some people, yeah. right? Yeah, I, like I don't I don't find it. Oh. Oh, my apologies. It just skipped into the next one. Spoiler. Um, okay. Let's, yeah, let's go to the next one. This is Need to Know by Doja Cat. Um, yeah, this one's fun. I think she's somehow pro- problematic as well, but Uh-oh. everybody's problematic. That's the problem. And when everybody's um, problematic, nobody will be. Who's, yeah, who watches the, the watchers? Um, <laughs> Close. Uh, <laughs> But she seems to take, like, elements of some of that stuff. I don't know if it's hyper-pop or, like, you know, the kind of dreamy, like, internet kind of pop thing. Yeah, kind of that, um, who am I thinking of? I'm thinking of FKA Twigs. I'm thinking of uh, Sophie, R.I.P., Charlie XCX. Yes. Et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, like, just those those keyboards are kind of, they're sort of dreamy and kind of Mm -hmm. synthy in a way that doesn't really scan to hip-hop to me. Um but then, like, the beat and the kick snare kind of stuff does. Um, and even the way she kind of, like, lightly, like, auto-tunes her voice in certain ways that reminds mm-hmm. me of some of that, that stuff. This song also kind of manages to indulge in that um, same thing we were talking about from... Uh, my apologies from Lotto, um, where it's like, this is clearly just a song with a subject matter she just like wanted to sing about, right? Like, there's a certain freedom in tackling subject matter like this through song. Yeah, no, I I like this. I mean, she can rap. Um, I kind of knew more about her just as like a controversial like celebrity type thing as as her mm. music, but I like this is cool. I like the I like the the beat, you know. Um, how how do you feel about the line? Um, I, I want to make sure I'm not going. I it's going to be better than the Pesbian line, but <laughs> I, I think so. I just want to make sure we haven't hit it yet because, oh no, we have, we have. Um, <laughs> uh, I just be wondering if you can fuck on me better 
itching for me like an ugly sweater, need it in me like a Chuck E need cheddar. I need to know. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, that is, I'm just going <laughs> to, I'm pass. just going to bunt on that one. one. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to, yeah. We'll Man, pass. I, I, <laughs> I really dig that. What a goofy line. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, I totally see that she's got a lot of charisma and like I like the way she kind of switches up rhythmically and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I totally get why this is a big hit, you know. All right, should we, let's Good move stuff. on. We got to keep rolling here. We got a lot to get to. Um, next one, Return of Lil Nas X. Return of the Mac. Album Montero. That's what I want. Number one, the first thing was like, wow, like this is like supposed to be um, outcast. Yeah, definitely. The yeah. acoustic, the kick, and snare. That, that, that beat, that kind of double time. Like, it's that's totally. But I mean, given his age, I'm sure, yeah. and who he is, like, I bet he loved, loved outcast. You know what I mean? Loved Andre 3000. Um, so I'm not surprised. But but that's the same. It works, you know? Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. I like that little chord change I also, another thing that was, I was thinking about with him and, you know, several of these, Doja Cat, who we just played. Um, that little synth line it, is I quite nice. I feel like there's a lot of, like, um, genres have really sort of melted together, right? You know, when I was, like, a hip-hop fan as a kid, it was very much like, there's, like, R&B stuff and there's hip-hop stuff, right? Hmm. And now, everyone kind of sings, everyone kind of raps, you know, and even even that chorus almost, like... I've heard, you know, Cardi B name-checked, like, My Chemical Romance the other day. Ooh. Um, so I feel like there's just, you know, because of the internet and these, you know, kids that have now just grown up totally in that environment, which we've talked about before, but, you know, like, it's sort of this weird, like, hybridized, like, pop and rap and, like, the more um, poppy end of, like, pop punk. Right. all sort of, like, just merged into this sort of, like, hybridized, um, genreless kind of music that's... Um, it's interesting, you know, that how all those things have evolved. And, you know, again, like, I mean, I, I think if you could just, if you really looked, I bet somebody's written a book about, you know, if you really looked at, like, the music business, this is a good chorus. Um, if you looked at the history of music, you know, you could probably view that through the lens of technological breakthroughs. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, things like even just recorded media um, to like records being mainstream to like multi-track recording be, being mainstream to you know like digital music like with CDs you know it's, it's kind of an int- like I think that it's driven by those things as much as it is by you know the, the musical and art side of it definitely because this feels more like kind of a pop punk kind of chorus in a way yeah yeah with different arrangement it totally could be well, that was That's, short too. Yeah, it's at two twenty-five. Go figure. All right. Um, this next one is uh, who is this by? Is this Elton? This is Elton John and Dua Lipa. Man, Elton John, you got to give that dude that dude credit, man. He's like, you know, like <laughs> he Still keeps doing getting older, it? and they stay the same age. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, to quote well, there's... Dazing and Fuse, like. No, not, but not, he's just always manages to hook, stay around and be relevant. You know what I mean? Like he just yeah. did that thing with Miley Cyrus of that Metallica thing. You mm-hmm. know, back in like you know twenty years ago, he was like doing the Eminem thing on at the Grammys. He just Elton just always manages to like, 
you know what I mean? Just connect with like another, yet another generation of young musicians and kind of just, he stays this sort of like fixed kind of icon to people. I think yeah. it's just like a, a, and he's a great songwriter, obviously, but it I just stunning. find it interesting about like Elton for some reason, really, I don't know. Younger generations always seem to connect with Elton John in some way, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, this is Cold Heart PNAU remix. And I'll get into a little bit about that as we're listening by Elton John with Dua Lipa. It's funny you should mention um, Elton's legacy and like how he stays relevant because I don't know how much you looked into the history of this song. This song, PNAU is like a duo trio from Australia who took a lot of Elton's songs, took samples from them, and then made new songs like piecemeal, but new songs built from old stuff. And this is one of those. Um, but they just re-recorded the vocals and invited Dua Lipa to do the Rocket Man part. Um, this song is actually a combination of. Let me go to my my list. Well, Rocket Man here, definitely right. Rocket Man. Um, I don't know what the verse was though. The verse is from a song called Sacrifice from 1989, an Elton John song, main melody and the that title. Uh, that like the cold, cold heart. That's from that. Um, and this also, like, I mean, it's pretty... This feels very in line with the other Dua Lipa song as well. Yeah, it it um, doesn't add up, I think, to being one of my favorite performances from her, but, like, it is really... There's there's some kind of itch that it scratches to hear her singing Rocket Man. <laughs> I don't know, it, it works. Um, the uh, Let's see, Kiss the Bride is where that This Is What I Should Have Said line and melody comes from. That's from 1983. And then okay. uh, the ending of the song is from a song called Where's the Shura? Um, I don't know if you listened all the way through the end of this song, but it ends with kind of like a shoo, like a crowd chant thing. Okay. Yeah, uh, it is. But he, he, these are new vo- vocals that he did, right? These are new vocals that yeah. um, that Elton John recorded, I think, in 2021. Uh, so yeah, it sounds really good. Did you you ca- caught up with the fact that he had vocal surgery in '87? I think he removed some cancerous polyps from his from his vocal cords, um, and that's why like there's a whole thing about it on the internet if you look it up. His voice used to be higher, tinnier, but he was, like, abusing the shit out of it to sing his earlier yeah. songs. And then after a tour, he was like, I can't do this anymore. Turned out he had cancerous polyps, had the surgery, and his voice dropped. Like, his whole singing range just became richer, fuller, deeper. And he's just kind of sounded roughly like that since the 80s because of the yeah. surgery. Did you ever see the the Rocket Man movie? I didn't. I didn't know that, whether or not I was going to like it or hate it. You know what? You might like it or you might hate it. Mm. But... I would argue that at least it's like going for it in a way that like is not just the standard like Ray Charles, Johnny Cash, like, you know, kind of cliche, like and mm-hmm. Wikipedia summary, like biopic. You know what I mean? It was like, um, it, it, it's very surreal at points and very like <laughs> it's just something, man. It's, okay. it's definitely not your standard uh, rock rock that helps that helps because um it came out around the same time that the queen biopic came out right and and that had that that. had terrible like people who actually saw that movie said that it was pretty bad um and that sort of soured me on the idea of going to see biopics at that time especially of like legacy artists (laughs) yeah i would say that at the very least it's not your standard thing at all like there's these really surreal kind of like 
dream sequence kind of things. And, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, the, actually the two, the guy that plays him, I, I forget the guy's name. Um, does an amazing job. And I, I believe he sings all the songs. So it doesn't feel like these, um, I'm forgetting his name doesn't too. Have that lip sync kind of yeah. vibe to it, you know, I think oh. he's actually singing. He's, he does a really good job. Um, so I would actually, um, yeah, I would recommend it. And it's one of those things where you like, you might like hate it too, but at least it's like worth hating or worth, you know, okay. loving kind of thing. You know, it's okay. not, or they, they're trying to do something. You I've know? had the opportunity um, to watch it. I just haven't. Um, I, yeah. I do want to, I know that it's a digression, but I do want to show it just because like how closely these songs are related. Um, Sacrifice from 1989, the main melody and title of, of Cold Heart come from. So that's like the exact line. Yeah. And that's just an example. Yeah. I mean, that's like, that's the main hook. Other parts come from other songs from his career, but I just found it so interesting. And like this weird, I started to go really at left field with it, where I was like, oh, this is, this is like an entire encapsulation of the radio industry of, of mainstream music is like, we've just brought things that were old and done them again, done them new, done them in a different way. And it's like, I don't know. It's it's a very interesting use case for um, pulling older stuff. Like it's speaking to the timelessness of those melodies that they're still good, and sort of like his ability to follow them. Like imagine writing a song and then forty years later writing it again and getting another hit out of it. Yeah, no, that's, that's really interesting. I didn't know the kind of the piecemeal kind of nature. Um, it's got a. It's I got guess a history. I sort of assumed it was a Dua Lipa song that he just kind of chipped in a little bit with. But no, quite quite the opposite. I guess way yeah, more, way more interesting for origin. Sure. All oh, right. right. Uh, Last time point. I saw this guy, he had a cameo in Game of Thrones. Um, <laughs> so that's how up on him I am. Uh, Ed Sheeran, our little Hobbit-esque ginger pop star. Little um, weirdo who loves Heinz ketchup or whatever. He's got a 57. I mean, I kind of just appreciate, yeah, I do appreciate the fact that, like, he's he's like a really weird looking dude in, like, the 70s sense where, like, you know. Yeah. You know, like, dudes in bands, like, in looked. <laughs> Really dumb, <laughs> real so haggard. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of appreciate that aspect. This is bad habits. I, I'm. He has two in a row, and I can't remember which is which. So two this bad one's habits. bad habits. Yeah. Was he kind of folky when he came out? Yeah, he had. It was that song about cocaine or whatever, song about drug abuse that was very like uh, guitar driven. Um, like acoustic folky sound, but you know, always with pop in it. It's not like he was, you know, a traditional folk artist or anything. Yeah, he had a he has a signature Martin guitar that's kind of cool, but it's like Ed Sheeran branded, so I probably wouldn't get it. <laughs> Just scratch that off. Yeah, it's like a little <laughs> parlor kind of guitar. Yeah, this is just kind of there for me. It just kind mm-hmm. of lies there. You know, I don't really... It's not, is like, it... produced in an interesting way, and the melodies aren't, like, very catchy or captivating, I guess. If I'm going to poop on any of the tracks that we talk about today, it'll probably be the Ed Sheeran ones, frankly. Yeah, this just feels like... I mean, he's, he's obviously a talented guy. Uh, this feels feels like somebody that's, like, you know, a professional songwriter could kind of kick out pretty quickly and then you know you hire some mm-hmm. producers and it, it it just feels very 
like royalty free stock yeah song or something youtube you know? audio library yeah exactly um do you want to not spend um, too much time on him then you yeah i don't i mean I, don't, I, I truly just don't have a lot to say about it yeah What's, well shivers is the next one i can't remember if this is better or not <laughs> but they're just forget, these are the ones that i can't i can't when i look at these songs on my playlist i can remember a lot of them yeah and then these i just i, I just like a blank all right here we go here's shivers The thing that I remember about this one is that people said it sounds like the Among Us theme, like when you discovered a body. I don't know if you've played that game yet, Matt, if you're up <laughs> no. on the 2020 trends, but I never I've never won- Why did he talk about kissing a mouth? Just say lips like everybody else. Never kissed a mouth that tastes like <laughs> it's just fucking gross to imagine kissing a mouth. There's also like this fucking, uh, there's a certain strain of modern pop music that's just really like kind of this uplifting, like inspiration. It just feels like it's really like made like because they play these big summer festivals and stuff. Yeah, it sounds like the credits to a movie where the dog doesn't die. Yeah. Yeah, like this could be in like that Trolls movie or something like that. (laughs) Yeah. I just. Sorry, my dog is doing something dumb. (laughs) <laughs> he reacts to Ed Sheeran. <laughs> Alright, I'm going to give her a pause until Matt's back. I don't want to okay. hear that. Okay. Yeah, I'm I good. took, I'm good I took the that. liberty of <laughs> not playing that. Uh, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Cool, cool. Uh, then our next song is going to be by another guy I thought whose career was long over and gone i guess he's not um no he's big still he's still big. i guess so give us the intro just are you a believer are there, are there still believers um, i might be a non-believer but maybe i could be <laughs> um uh convert converted i don't know yeah i don't know is he still dressing kind of like like i saw some like <laughs> i saw some instagram thing where it was a picture of justin bieber and he was kind of having this like dirt bag kind of like style and oh. somebody said he looks like a he looks like a roofer that disappears after friday when you, he gets his paycheck <laughs> it's just like he had, totally that, did like he had this like really mustache you, he's wearing this like do you remember when justin bieber what did he, he like pissed on a picture of bill clinton or something like that do you remember this hmm when he peed in a bucket or something peed something a, with pee. a bucket oh saying he was saying fuck bill clinton while he was doing it i think or something what, what yeah what what but yeah, he was Bill urinating. Clinton he was. Precedent. Like, he was uh, I, this but was in Clinton 2013. Like, <laughs> yeah, what was Bill Clinton doing? Just like golfing or something? I don't know. Honestly, this kid sounds cooler and cooler the more. Well, kid, he's probably about my age. Cooler and cooler the more I read about him because, like, yeah, he was he was pissing in a mop bucket when he was 19, screaming "fuck Bill Clinton." <laughs> but I, okay, there must be more to the Bill Clinton thing because I, I, you know, let's he wasn't exactly let's at it. the height of his influence at that point. Um, <laughs> but let's listen to this song. Go ghost. Here we go. By Justin Bieber. I actually kind of like that synth sound. Yeah, it's got a good attack. That slow, it's like that slow envelope filter Mm -hmm. kind of thing. Though honestly, like, compositionally, this could be the Ed Sheeran song we just listened to for all I can really tell. You know, it's, it's got that same, like you said, that sort of uh, cheesily uplifting vibe. 
He's a better singer, I think. Oh yeah. See, I think that that chorus to me is 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 more kind of catchy and kind of soaring. Mm-hmm. I mean, there you're right. I mean, it's it's pretty stock in a lot of ways, but I, I I would I would vastly listen to this over the Ed Sheeran song. Sure. All right, the battle lines are drawn. Beliebers well, versus like, what are I they called? The, the, Sheepers. The drums are a little more interesting on this, or the drum machine is a little bit more interesting on mm. this. But yeah, it I mean, busier, it's, you know, yeah. it's not like my favorite song of all time. But I, it actually feels. I think he's lucky that he just came after two Ed Sheeran songs. I think I'm kind of like <laughs> elevating him in my mind a little bit. <laughs> it's the, uh, but the I mean, Sheeran he's, handicap. He's also he's a much better singer than Ed Sheeran. Like, right? I don't think it's, I think it's inarguably, yeah. Which is weird. I guess he really did not take care of himself for a few years there. He was in in and out of rehab and stuff. So it's weird to know that like he's holding on to at least some shred of his performing ability. Yeah, you know. You can do a lot before 30, though, and get away with it. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> if you just, you know, <laughs> as long as you don't totally drive into the ditch, you know. Um, a lot of people have done that. Um, yeah, yeah. But, you know, this I, I would say this is fine. It's nothing nothing great, but. Yeah, yeah. It passes. <laughs> but maybe our new thing is, is it better than, is it, you know, the Sheeran rule? Is it better than Ed Sheeran? <laughs> I think I, would say. I think that was a good place to put both of those songs because, like, yeah. now it's all looking sunny, all up from here. Yeah. Uh, all right. So that was Ghost by Justin Bieber coming in at number seven yeah and this next one um i actually this is one of the ones i'd heard and um, oh yeah yeah uh this one like i have to say man this is easy on easy on me by adele and like i think this is just kind of great classic pop songwriting and uh just a really nice sounding record um yeah you know let's hear it you know yeah adele's lived she's loved she's been all over this crazy world you know (laughs) Woman of the world singing about it, you know. Here we go. Let's do it. Go get it. <laughs> that's good, dude. You have to admit that's it, that's good. It's it's good good writing. It's good story. Great performance. I can't assail it. I also don't know that it's my favorite music. Well, yeah, I'm just saying like put it this way. 20 years from now, Somebody's going to be auditioning for like an American Idol type show doing this song. Oh, yeah. You know oh, what yeah, I mean? Like, for sure. this is already like the you hear this, and it's like this is like kind of almost a standard already. You this know? is a like, crooner's classic. Yeah. Yeah. Like, this people will be doing covers of this. And this is another one to, to, to do a little bit. This could have been a hit in, in 75. It could have been a hit in 85. Could have been yeah. a hit in 95. You know, it's like, I don't know. I kind of like Adele. I think she's 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 got a great voice and, you know. I mean, I, I just know, like, singles by her, but I've always thought she had good singles. Actually, you know, speaking of Elton John... Does this have a John vibe about it to you? Well, just, like, the piano work and stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I feel like it'd be a bit brighter under his fingers, like he'd have the tackiness of it, but you're right. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't doubt she's playing the piano. Maybe she's good. I don't know, but sure. Is she still naming her album covers after the age she was when she yeah, released this is them? Yeah, Gotcha. Yeah. But yeah, man, this is, you know, I think this has been a massive hit. And, you know, Adele's done it again, Jason. <laughs> that crazy Just like I told you, she would. I'm, you... Part of the, I'm part of the Adele hive now. <laughs> well, I, I don't mean to, like, ruin everybody for you, but did you see that one picture of her going to, like, a Jamaica Heritage Festival? And she's oh, in yeah, full, she seems like, like she's kind of a reggae mess, costume. Yeah, for sure. she, she regrets yeah, that, that was, quote unquote. But like, yeah, re- yeah. that's all I think of when I, I like close my eyes and hear her. Yeah. And she's in that costume. <laughs> Bumbleclot. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was that was not, not a great bikini. It was not her uh, shining moment. Bikini and roller skate outfit. And bantu um, knots. Holy Christ. Yeah. yeah anyway, yeah, it was on the, I'll it was go on the... easy on her and just say this is a good song. But she's down now. She's like she's down with um, LeBron James and the whole crew. Oh, really? She's she her, them, her huh? boyfriend is Rich Paul, who heads up Clutch Sports, and that's LeBron James and him are partners, business oh, partners, okay. and that's their uh, sports management company. That's a nice. huge deal in basketball. Nice. So she so, could yeah, quit music down. forever if she wanted to. I mean, she could probably she does her need... own quit music. That's right true, now, you know. But so yeah, I, I like that song. I it mean, I think song. it's it's you know, it's a hit for. A it's reason. got very big Carol. Um, Oh, what's her? Oh, I'm forgetting. Oh, Carol King. Carol King vibes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. It, it, yeah, it definitely is a. It's like I said. It's classic kind of, you know, piano pop songwriting type yeah, of yeah. stuff. Um, let's move on to the kid Leroy Stay, another guy that I'm not super familiar with except the name. This one's also got the Beebs on it. Damn. Yeah, he's everywhere. This is again that kind of '80s kind of like synth stuff is yeah like just really in vogue whenever i heard this song and i i'm on tiktok and i you know hear popular music through there i thought this was a weekend did you do song. a dance to this on your- i uh i you should have seen me i jumped into the frame <laughs> and i uh did a smash cut with myself but slapping my own Ooh. ass it was great it was great um, did you jump and then you were in different clothes yes uh it cool. was taken down for violating tiktok's terms of service but <laughs> i did do that um but like the production on this and the melody and stuff could have been a weekend song to me. Like I, I thought this was from that After Hours album, the same one the other songs from. Yeah, I, this is kind of this is peppy, you know. Yeah, I like from the pre-chorus all the way through the chorus, it's just constant hooks. Like there's no filler here. Like it just sticks in your ear. Da 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 da. Everything. Just <laughs> it's really funny how like head. artificial those like high notes are with the auto tune. Yeah, <laughs> like they're just so like far out of like even an amazing <laughs> singer zone, you know. And this guy yeah, seems yeah. like he's kind of a rapper slash singer kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It does beggar belief a little bit. <laughs> Ooh, that run! You know that's tightly tuned. <laughs> Yeah, I think autotune is almost just like a texture now in a lot of ways, yeah, too. Yeah. Like, it's just people sort of, you know... I suppose T-Pain probably gets credit for a lot of it, because he was one that he was using as, like... The, the Like, the the secret to, like, autotune is, like, there's way more autotune than you think. Yeah. And it's, like, all over, like, more conventional, like, our older artists that can't really, like, sing the way they used to. Yes. Um, yeah. But, there's, you know, um... T-Pain was the first one that made it sort of, like, an effect. Like, you're... 
mm-hmm. conscious of auto-tune being like, you know, like there, right? Yeah, well, there's like, I think Netflix maybe has a short thing on music, like a couple, like a small documentary series. And one of them is all about auto-tune and sort of the history of it and specifically T-Pain's place in it and how like he almost regrets doing like pioneering that style of like heavily auto-tuned because it kind of ruined his career in a lot of ways because people oh, just yeah. pigeonholed him for being like the guy who ruined vocalization and stuff even though like uh celine dion was using it in do you believe in life after love like 20 years before that just oh god yeah real really unfair shit that happened to that guy um oh no you're low. talking about share oh did i say celine dion yep. Yeah, sorry, that was sorry. a share one. Yeah, no, that had auto tune for sure. But like, I, I was listening to like a n- newer Morrissey record a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, I was like, "There's more auto tune on this than the T Pain record." Really? I like, I, I, oh yeah, he can't hit those notes like remotely. <laughs> like you see him live on YouTube, it's like no way. Um, you know, but it's so it's all over the place. It's just yeah, yeah. you know these younger artists kind of uses it as like this is like an effect, you know, just that we like how it sounds. Yeah, and you um, know it works. Next one up, um. You know, Kodak Black. Um, Another controversial he, character, right? Yeah. He, you know, you're on your own with this one. I'm not going to even get into it, all his stuff, but he's been in and out of prison and um, he's oh, got boy. some pretty, pretty um, horrible, uh, you know, accusations against him. So I guess we'll leave that aside. This is Super Gremlin, um, which is a, a really big hit now. Um, and he's had some, you know, no flocking, which was, um, that's what, um, Bodak Yellow um, by Cardi B. Her breakout song was based on No Flockin', his song. That's why the, hmm. the title was Kodak Black. It was Bodak Yellow. Um, hmm. So, you know, he's definitely had a, a big influence, and he's definitely, you know, I think one of the more popular, um, you know, artists of his generation in, in hip-hop. So let's listen to this. I guess this is like a German indie rock group. This sample? Yeah. Weird. I think they shifted it up, you know, to sound like kids. But but again, this is that very ominous kind of, you know, like. Yeah, that's clearly like a happy melody that they're putting under or over some gruesome chords. Yeah, I guess the Child's Choir thing, like Jay-Z did it on The Hard Knock Life. That was probably the first time I remember that. Is this Kodak Black rapping right now? Yeah, yep. See, he's another one that kind of has that sort of in and out of the beat kind of quality. I don't know about that hook at the end. I don't know if that <laughs> just, works just super like, well. Just kind of cracked me up for some reason. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I mean, this is, you know, uh, it's okay. Yeah. I think I like Push and P better, better for. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, you I think know, so too. Very somewhat comparable songs. I guess I've just, you know, I, I, I've followed him somewhat. He's never really struck me as like super compelling, even within this mm. kind of stuff. Um, but he's really popular and I do like the beat that hook, that kind of creepy kids choir thing kind of works, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think um, this is what they call going goblin mode. If you're aware of that, you've seen that on Twitter, people, no, but people who, uh, claim to claim to be able to live a very meager and sort of creepy little life and 
eating scantily and i don't know just being goblin. being being little little weirdos uh it's called going goblin mode i believe uh bonus points right. if you live in a cave i'm gonna do yeah i'm i'm gonna go goblin mode for the rest of this podcast <laughs> we're gonna get it um this one is gail i know not knowledge of this artist at all i don't recognize the name a b c d e f u ha <laughs> see what they did there um yeah gail i have no idea do you know gail I didn't. I guess she is a TikTok artist, though. Uh, and the like name this... is cracking me up because I feel like we're talking about like the lady at the front desk of like our office building. <laughs> <laughs> Go talk to Gail. You need to get like your it's it's open my enrollment card, for healthcare. I need to get my so new key card. Yeah, there's Gail's a blood got, donation gonna going on next the, week. <laughs> Gail's going to send out the like open enrollment portal. So you got to do that by the thirty first. It is a um, funnily uh, antique name, but I guess I guess she was on TikTok and asked her listeners to um suggest songs that she might be able to write like for inspiration and one of them said hey write a song that uses the alphabet okay and this is what came out fuck you and your mom and your sister and your job and your broke ass car and that's just your car Lord. fuck you and your friends that i'll never see again everybody but your dog you can all fuck My hot take, Matt, is that this is a country song. Well, I mean, it could be. I mean, my country, I hear new country stuff that sounds effectively like pop with a lot of hip-hop influence now, too. Yeah. You know, it's like, it yeah. kind of goes back to that thing. And I don't know if, like, I feel like, you know, I'm obviously much too old to feel that way, but I feel like Avril Lavigne has kind of become this, like, cultural touchstone. Yeah, um, definitely. Like, big influence. So, like, I mean, that Great probably comparison. figures in here, too. I just imagine her with a drawl singing this song, and I feel like it's another Kelly Clarkson song about slashing your tires type. I mean, this will go over huge live if she ever does it live. Oh, like, yeah. You know, it's already an arena yeah. rock anthem. She does unnecessarily take a shot at Craigslist shoppers in this song, so my enthusiasm yeah. is limited. <laughs> I knew you were going to be triggered by that, Jason. <laughs> it does. It really too, too, my, too close my, to home. There, my people don't uh, don't appreciate that. Hey, I get it, man. You know, you gotta look at guitars every day on Craigslist. That's my motto. <laughs> I still do that. Still I do looking at yeah, bass to- and bass guitars and yeah. Uh, I have my favorite, well, yeah, my favorite electric guitar because of a Craigslist ad that you told me about, but you couldn't go get it that day. It's that old like '80s uh, Stratocaster that was a hundred bucks. God, that was that a made in Japan? Yes, dude, you could probably make a thousand dollars if you sold that. I know that's great, I mean, but keep it. I mean, that's those are great. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm gonna keep it. Um, it. It's got the it's got the micro turners and it's got the lock and stuff. Oh yeah, it's yeah, great. no, it's, great. It, it's like I, I was jealousy you could go do it because like those J- japanese 80s ones are great all right we get all right we're getting into like guitar dad talk here <laughs> i'm not tone even the dad. Of, like the tone attorneys podcast <laughs> breaking down the new paul reed not smith a, not models a bad one at, at nam um all right this all song's right. cool i mean it, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's 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 catchy I, I definitely understand why it's popular yep uh now we're are we going 
back to Encanto. Back to Encanto. Back to the Lin Manuel Miranda. Uh, 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 well, I guess uh, this is. We don't talk about Bruno from Encanto. Did you feel differently about this one than the uh, surface pressure, the other one we listened to? I mean, it's okay. I mean, I, I kind of like the, you know, kind of Cuban kind of vibe to it. Um, <laughs> but honestly, none of these songs really, uh, they're, they're, they seem solid. I don't, I, I like several of the Moana songs better, I think, personally, but um, mm-hmm. I believe, I think, I believe I he did a bunch of those too, right? Either, you know? Yeah. The things that strike me about this song are the, like, sort of slower tempo, still very active, uh, you know, percussion and such, and the very large cast. There are a lot of vocalists in this song, and all of them get credited. I think I feel even more lost in this one because there are so many different characters, you know? It feels even more plot-related than the other ones. It's a pretty specific... That's what makes it, like, again, back to the whole streaming versus traditional radio stuff. This is a song that obviously never would have made the charts um, if if it were more of a traditional measurement scheme. Oh yeah, uh, for but sure. like I'm, I'm glad movies, like, excuse me, songs like this get a chance because it is interesting to hear like, oh, the most popular songs in America right now. One of them is from a children's musical, you know. Um, but it does r- result in like, yeah, this is not like this is not what I thought I was I was in for when you said, hey, let's do an episode about the Billboard Top Twenty. Yeah, I, you know. In this context, I think I do like the kind of, you know, Latin American music vibe of it, which is just, yes. it definitely sticks out in a lot of the stuff we've heard, which I've liked some of the stuff, but, you know, there is an overall samey quality, you know, I would say mm-hmm. uh, amongst a lot of the songs that we listen to that, um, and just in terms of their kind of musical textures that um, I find a little bit, sort of this like really high polished like sheen that's sort of like, I don't know, it feels a little generic at times to me, and this sure, definitely feels sure. different. Right. There are no, another couple minutes left to this one, so to tie it up, we should probably head to number one, unless you want to hear the end of this. No, I'm, I'm good. Cool. All right, then, Matt, you give us that this number one. This is number one. I, I See, I've seen this name around. This is Heat Waves by Glass Animals, and there used to be this like weird kind of like electronic kind of disco weird band called glass candy hmm. and this whole time i'm like wow glass candy got big um, <laughs> but they didn't get big unfortunately um, they were kind of a weird band Good sorry to burst your bubble what's that yeah but glass animals um I, do you know anything about this band or, or where they came from or i don't artist? i i the only thing is i know that i was hearing this song in 2020 again it's just a bizarre like oh this song charted a year later and is still charting a year after that uh but no other than that no i, I don't know anything about this group <laughs> Okay, they're English from Oxford. Ooh. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's odd. Like a lot of these, there's been a decent amount of handful of these songs that are like one or two years old. It's that's very weird. Yeah, I wonder if like obviously pandemic uh, 
stuff must have impacted some of that, but like I think this song also got released as a single sometime after the album that it was on came out. Uh, being the insufferable person I am, I want to point out that this uh, chord progression is, at least from my perspective in pop, or mainstream pop anyway, pretty interesting. Uh, it's a 2, 1, 6, 5, and then back to the 4, back to the 1, etc. But like, that's you don't usually start on a minor 2 chord okay. for a catchy song, but this song really does make good use of that motion, I think. Like, the first four chords of the song are just descending. They're just one, two, three, four, and that doesn't usually... You want more motion than that in a lot of songs that are supposed to be catchy and interesting. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I just glazed their uh, gazed at their wiki, and it sounds like they're a little bit like that, uh, you know, Imagine Dragons thing, where they're, they were more of a rock band, mm. and they've kind of evolved more into a pop thing. Did the pivot. I guess this has one billion streams on Spotify. Yes. Uh, I think Levitating also has something like that. Wow. It is pretty crazy, isn't it? Back, I remember the days when I was like, oh, that YouTube video got 99,000 views. <laughs> How do you feel about the uh, the hook here, the the chorus? Do you feel like the that split vocal like stuff kind of yeah. works? Yeah, I like it more t- since you pointed out that chord change, too. Yeah, I would say focus on, you know, the melodies obviously is where they want your mind, but the chords, the per- percussion underneath, pretty neat. Uh, like, I hate to say vaporwave, but like, that's definitely what they're trying to evoke with this production, I think, is that sort of like degraded 80s, uh, you know, yeah. post-pop no, type that. thing. Yeah, I could hear like a really pop, poppy, glossy version of like stuff like Washed Out or mm-hmm, bands like mm-hmm. that. For sure. Uh, just a side note, if anybody listens to the podcast Song Exploder uh, from, I think that's a Gimlet podcast, Rishikesh Hirway is the uh, host, and he did an episode on this song. Um, talked to the composer and producer, etc., and uh, figured out how he came to this song and it's and in its form and how you know what he how he attributes its success. Um, not to shill somebody else's podcast on our own, but it's a good podcast and it's a good episode. Go check it out. Oh, yeah. You got me. Oh, gets me every time. Well played, Glass I was Animals. Just about to pause and say, Matt, let's close the podcast. <laughs> no. That is a cl- that's a classic trick, though, and I fell for it once again. <laughs> it, uh, I kind of like actually how because there's usually like fills or, or a bunch of stuff before the next, uh, like the final chorus comes in. This is just like one, boom, just like an 808 clap or, or Tom or whatever. It actually makes me think of, uh, there was this weird cartoon called Dr. Katz. Um, Dr. Katz. It, it's amazing. It's like, it, it was this really weirdly animated thing where he was like a a um, a therapist to like comedians, but it was all like, they'd like Dom Irera and people like that. And they'd come in for like hmm. their sessions. So it was kind of quasi improv thing. But the one time they went up to sing about like it's one of those things that you know it, but you, there's no word for it. But they started like riffing on like it's kind of thing in old like corny pop songs, like you know she was walking on the ice, 
and fell down on her as we were walking. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Where they're going to say a naughty word. And they went on this big riff about that stuff. And it was just like, that, that what that little like pause thing reminded me of. But I, you know what I'm saying? Like in those like yeah, corny, yeah, yeah. like kind of barbershop quartet types. Yeah. I don't know what that outs. is. That's yeah, funny. like the, <laughs> the, the naughty fake out. I love that. Oh, that's another um, H. John Benjamin show. Okay. The it's guy good. from Bob's Burgers and um, oh, yeah, yeah. Archer and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was the son, I think, Ben. Okay. The ne'er-do-well son. Um, it's, nice. if, I think you would actually really like it, Jason. It's, I'm sure it's aged in some ways, but it was at the time it was a kind of a weird, very cult-like, semi-unsuccessful show. Okay. Um, but, I'll yeah, have to it, find it out. He must have been really young at that point. That must have been one of his first things. Hmm. Um, but uh, anyway, yeah, that's a good show. Dr. Katz. That's um, a good show. And so is this, Matt. This has been our episode of yes. Crossfade. So what did we learn, Jason? What do we take away from our foray into the world? I learned that I shouldn't pop. that I shouldn't shun mainstream pop music because some music that I already like is there, uh, i.e. the Dua Lipas of the world. Um, I learned that uh, Ed Sheeran has developed nothing that interests me over the last 15 years since the last time I heard any of his music. Um, I, I guess I learned a little bit more about what Doja Cat likes and doesn't like in a man. Um, <laughs> there's, there's a lot that I learned. Uh, and... <laughs> Maybe more that I will learn if I look into any more of these songs. But uh, how about you? Any your opinion change about any of this music? Any anything confirmed um, or denied? I mean, you know, there's definitely. A, I think there's some things like the weekend song, Lotto, um, Pushing P, Dua Lipa. Dua Lipa, I will actually check out. Please um, do. I hope you do. And uh, that Cold Heart Elton John thing was pretty good. Um, Adele was good. Uh, how did you feel about A B C D E F U? Do you think that's it was good? Another, I mean, that's that's good exactly that what I... you're talking about. That like sort of fake out. I'm yeah. about to say something <laughs> yeah, <it's> mean. <laughs> yeah, I don't know the Craigslist couch slander though. It's a lot. It's a lot to get over. Yeah, I wonder if she'll issue a public apology or anything yeah. about that. She yeah. Craigslist Twitter. Craigslist Twitter. Get on her. <laughs> Rise up. She need to cancel her. Cancel Gail. Yeah, but I mean, you know, it's been interesting. I, I do. It's been interesting for me to listen to this stuff because it's not stuff I'm uh, normally exposed to, and I do find the kind of interesting just to hear like what's the sort of craftsmanship of how people mm-hmm. sort of like manufacture a song. Um, but, whoa! Wow, sorry. are you writing the next pop anthem over there? <laughs> I know. My phone just—I just like knocked my phone off my. I'll uh, sample my desk. that and do sorry. something with it though. Um, <laughs> like, bang! It was like a Looney Tunes moment. Um, <laughs> However, I, you know, and it's sort of a double-edged sword for me where I do find it interesting. Some of the things I was talking about, how like genre and, and style and, and, you know, even historical periods are kind of like mixed up now in a way Hmm. that I think can be really interesting. But I will say that there was large parts of this where I think there's a a uniformity now that's, I mean, pop Mm -hmm. music has always had a certain uniformity in different eras, but I really feel like there's this like uniformity and like it sometimes that kind of bums me out. Cause I just, I feel like it's, it's like, I feel like you could kind of just like rearrange, like play musical chairs with this and like assign different artists to different songs. And it wouldn't really matter that much. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like Ed Sheeran could have done the like Justin Bieber song and Justin Bieber could have done the kid Leroy and you know what I mean? Uh, Imagine Dragons could have done like Glass Animals, and right. You know, I, so there's a certain kind of when everything kind of takes the most effective or algorithmically like effective bits of different styles of music. There's sort of a uniformity that develops, and and so that's why like certain songs like I, I just liked Push and P because it was like, well, this is weird. Like this sounds weird, and like yeah. this is a different vibe. Um, and Dua Lipa obviously had a more classic kind of disco vibe, so. 
Yeah. I don't know. It's sort of, you know, it's interesting in a way. And then I think there's some downsides to it, but, um, yeah, there's been, this was an exercise in like, I spend much like you, a lot of my time curating my own music, even if it's like put this daily mix on shuffle, it's still like music that it knows I will like, or assumes I will like based on music I already do like. So there's none of that element of random. There's none of that element of breaking out, I guess. And this was a good exercise for that. Like, is there anything in this larger realm that I actually want to like delve into and maybe, maybe not, but at least to be able to, to be exposed to it was an interesting counterpoint to how I usually listen to music. So I won't say, you know, I won't say I didn't gain anything. I'd do it again um, down the road just because it's, you know, I, I, if, unless I make a point, I'm just not like you, like you said, I'm not going to really be exposed to this stuff. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Point of it. Um, special thanks in particular to, uh, Spotify's, um, I think it's called private session mode so that none of these songs affected my listening algorithm. I don't, I don't think I'm going to get any (laughs) Justin Bieber suggested or Ed Sheeran suggested tracks out of this. So, uh, uh, for all as shitty as you can be Spotify, um, you, you did a good one with that. Yeah, that is a good, that's a good feature for sure. Um, Cool, man. Well, this was fun. I, ho- I hope you guys enjoyed listening to it. It was something a little different, and we're going to keep trying to come up with some kind of different concepts here. Um, but yeah, we will be back in a couple weeks with a guest. And once again, um, you know, check us out on Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash minmax, and you know, support all the great content they're making, and then you know, our podcast as well. And you know, we just appreciate you guys listening. Please, you know, in the, in the Discord, tell us what you think. And uh, you can access that discord if you are a supporting member on patreon it's it's a good community there that talks about a lot of different kinds of music mm-hmm. uh, so we appreciate them we appreciate you and uh, we'll see you in a couple weeks Don't you